Before we begin our episode, did you know that podcasting is the most accessible form of syndication? The number of multimedia-ready mobile devices has skyrocketed in the past few years, and so has your potential audience. So start a podcast. Starting at $5 a month, Hipcast lets new and experienced podcasters focus on their show. Leave the boring stuff to us. Sign up at hipcast.com. Netflix. Netflixes? Did we just say Netflixes? Netflixes. That doesn't sound right. The Netflix Voltron Defender of the Universe? Legendary Defender? It Fuck. sounds weird, but I think that's right. Netflixes. It just sounds really? like... Uh, on Netflix? Voltron on Netflix? I don't know. Netflixes. Netflix. Uh, I mean, I haven't, I haven't <laughs> even taken any drugs, man. But I mean, I, I'm having a hard time just trying to say net, Nef- Netflix. It's a hard sound to make. Netflixes. It, I think it's because the X, right? Net- yeah. Welcome everyone to the net- next. See now I can tongue tied. The Netflixes. <laughs> Welcome everyone. This is the review. Of, you know what? Fuck it. It's going to be just the review of Voltron. That's how we're going to do it. I don't care. Jesus Christ! Like everyone, who, whoever doesn't know it's Voltron, it's they ass out. Voltron from the eighties. All right. Oh goddamn! You see, that's what I have to worry about. Someone's going to be listening to the podcast. Who's going? This isn't about the eighties, Voltron. <laughs> oh, screw this! And then it falls the advertisement. And how come they aren't mentioning Sven in these episodes? <laughs> exactly. Who's the Shiro uh, guy? Who the exactly Shiro? Who's got the white hair and crap? I don't remember this. Yeah. Listening to Keeping It Nerd. Welcome everyone to another episode of Keeping It Nerd. This is episode number 29, the review of the Netflix Voltron Legendary Defender. Hey I did it! Thank God I was so worried. I wasn't gonna get that Netflix's Netflix dilemma out of the way. But I did. I'm proud of myself. As always, I'm your host, Vince Mastaho. I will be your Keith today. Um, and I will have a 
sidekick, sidekick? No, I don't think I was a sidekick. I'm going to have a Lance or a Shiro, whoever, whoever he wants to be, he's going to be chiming in on season seven of, of Voltron. So take it away, special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? <laughs> uh, actually, I see myself more as a Karan, but uh, I will go with Lance today. Um, I'm Nico Mustaho. I'm here. Uh, it's been a while since I've uh, been on this podcast, but I'm glad to be back. That's right, everyone. You heard it. Nico Mustaho. Mustaho. Nepotism is alive and well in this podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I like how you chose Koran. Uh, any reason why you were going to choose Koran first and then you went Lance? But I want to know your reasoning for the Koran. Uh, I don't know. I dig the uh, dig the accent. Is it the accent and then the, the, the uh, mustache and everything? Because he's got the Kiwi accent, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's got, um, what is it? Uh, like the New Zealand accent, I think it is. Cause I think he was, he was, um, uh, the character, I forget the name that plays him. He was on the, um, show Flight of the Concords, which was like back in, uh, HBO back, uh, early 2000s. So that's where I recognize his voice from. But yeah, I was a big fan of that show and I was always glad to hear him, uh, be the voice of Koran. So I don't know. Oh. I just, he was always a kind of a, when he's not part of the main cast, he's one of my favorite side characters. Interesting. I didn't. I, yeah, I didn't know anything about the the voice actor uh, or actor uh, prior to um, Voltron. But then we saw him at Comic Con, and he and looks we, just like him, right? Oh my god, dead on! Like if you were, like, if he was a cosplay, he, he, for him to cosplay him, he just has to put on the uniform. He doesn't have to do, like no makeup. He doesn't have to grow a fake mustache. Nothing at all. Um, but yeah, I actually I saw something he was in recently when I was going uh, on my flight to the Philippines. Uh, did you watch the movie, uh, the latest Jumanji with uh, The Rock and uh, Kevin Hart? Yes, that is him. Um, yeah, uh, I just saw that a couple weeks ago. Actually, he's um, he's like one of the the characters like the, that leads him into the game, right? Yeah, he's like the guide or like you know the official like uh, intro guy that any anyone has encounters in a video game. Like he was like their uh, tutorial guy. Mm-hmm. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Which uh, side note? That was a really good movie. I thought. You're not the only one who thought so. Um, I believe how many billion, millions and millions of like hundreds of millions of dollars proves that, and a sequel. So I think that proves that it was actually a pretty good movie. I I enjoyed it. I didn't watch it in the theaters. Like I said, I watched it on the the airplane, but it helped it helped the time go by. And it was, I I found it entertaining. I liked the kind of soft reboot, you'd say. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I like I like the I like the whole take on it. I know we're talking about Voltron, but we're gonna we're gonna real quick on this uh, Jumanji thing. I did like the ending where you had Colin Hanks, um, the character, like he was the kid that came back from well, the nineties. Yeah, and yeah. Then they, they didn't make it seem so creepy. Where like, oh yeah, I'm now I'm gonna get with the teenage girl that liked me in the game because now I'm an older guy. Thank God they didn't go that route. But yeah. they. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, I just felt like it was because I loved the first movie um, and I thought they were going to ruin the second one. Um, you know, I just it, it, it the, the first one's a classic um, and I like the way they modernized it, interpreted it as like a soft reboot. So, yeah, it was really good. Well, two things. It's it's anything with The Rock. You should be you should you should be uh, you should have been on board 100 percent no matter what. Oh, you mean the and- millions and millions of The Rock's fans? Exactly, and when you say I can't, I guess we can't say soft reboot when you have someone like The Rock in it. It's like The Rock and soft, and like no, it's it was a 
It was a hard reboot. That's I was that's, that's a straight up reboot. Everyone, it's, there was nothing soft about that. Even though they did have like little Easter eggs and nods to um, to the previous movie. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, little subtle uh, Easter eggs to that movie uh, or to the the previous one, which was nice. It, it wasn't it didn't play too much off of it, but little nods to it were good. Yeah, and I mean, I'm interested in seeing how they're going to play a sequel to this now because it's going to be a, a direct sequel. I, I I'm assuming, or is it going to be? You think it's going to be? They're going to go ahead, and another group of kids will find this game and things like that, or you're just going to continue on, like following these the kids that had gone through the game once before and they get sucked in again. I don't know. Um, I mean. Um... I feel like if they're going to do a reboot and they're going to use The Rock, I guess they have to um, they have to kind of keep that same uh, cast going, you know, that same uh, uh, you know video game uh, type uh, plot. Um, but I don't know. I guess they can get creative with it, and we'll see. Um, like I said, I wasn't really expecting much from um, uh, from this uh, sequel, and uh, and yet I, I really enjoyed it. So. Who knows? They say The Rock is a uh, franchise Viagra, so we can keep uh, getting. Can't uh, say that about Baywatch, though. I, I watched that one recently, and Jesus, that was a train wreck. Okay, so I also attempted to watch that <laughs> um, a couple weeks ago. I think on Hulu, and yeah, I stopped halfway through. I just it, it did not fly well with me at all. So. I like how you said attempted because I, I I was like I watched it I was like at the halfway point like you were probably at but I was like no I'm here already I need to press on I'm gonna I'm gonna see this I'm gonna see this thing through God damn it I, The Rock if you're ever listening to this can you please refund me I mean I don't watch it in the theaters but can you refund me like well prorate it for my Hulu uh, subscription can you like pro uh, maybe give me back about a dollar twenty five maybe two fifty because that wasn't one of your best you know pieces of work and. I still haven't seen Skyscraper or Rampage, but yeah, so far that that was one of your not so great movies. I, I like how right now this is what, this is the, the the season seven review of Voltron, but yet we've diverted and we talked about Jumanji and we're talking about ah, uh, the dogs are home. <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh, let me just uh, let this go through here real quick. All right, sorry about that. Goddamn dogs. I just like how you're <laughs> the last uh, last form of uh, um, compromise was the the begging there. Please, for the love <laughs> of God! <laughs> I, I I try everything I can in my power just to get them just to hush their tones. Oh my God! Okay, we pick it back right back up. Uh, I think I was at. I think I, I wanted the Rock to pay me, right? He owed he he owes people who watched that movie. Oh yeah, uh, some money. Some money. Yeah, back. That's where we're at. Yeah. Uh, payback. That's what we're called. That's that would be the pay per view that I want. It's not the WWE payback. I want the payback where The Rock comes out and he pays all of his fans, <laughs> you know, money back for for the movie they watch. Um. Anyways, and I like how we, like I said, we diverted from. Not we didn't really divert, but we're, this is a season seven review of Voltron. And yet we've talked about uh, The Rock and his movie choices and Jumanji. So far, so good. I like I like uh, we've uh, we stayed on track. <laughs> well, Jeremiah is uh, on this week, so we had to have a little bit of wrestling news. 
That's true. That's true. We need to fill the wrestling quota. Like uh, Anthony and uh, Jeremiah are not here. I will have to uh, use my limited uh, wrestling uh, knowledge. But you, you have actually a pretty good wrestling knowledge too. So we'll fill in some quotas here. Um, anyways, but yeah, back to originally rewind it back to that's where I remember Koran from was from the Jumanji movie. And you remember him from Flight of the Concords. Yeah, originally that's where I'm from. But I, I know he's been in other movies and I just can't put my finger on what but uh yeah jumanji was the most recent thing i saw him in yeah and you're you're totally right he looks exactly like koran what is that what is that voice actor's name i want to look that up let's see here you know before we get into uh us talking about season seven we're actually gonna just do a little quick recap of season six but do you remember uh this year at a uh, comic-con we were actually at the at the season six, or no, I'm sorry, the Voltron panel. Right, right, yeah. And, yeah, we were in the panel, and all of a sudden, we just, I mean, it was a stupid question for us to ask each other. They're going, do you think they're going to talk about the new season that's coming up? <laughs> and we're going, I think so. And all of a sudden, you just hear them ask like, a couple questions. They're holy shit, I didn't watch season six yet. And we were like going, oh my god! And we were like trying to scurry the hell out of that uh, that room. I forgot which ballroom it was, but we were like standing up and like, going, excuse me, I'm so sorry, sorry, sorry. And we were just crossing all over, and I was like going, oh shit, whoops. And yeah, I just remember we were like, oh, do you think, you think that we're, that we're gonna get spoilers? Yeah, we were sitting there, and um, I think we tried to sit in as much as we could, and we we're just mentioning how we both hadn't been caught up to the seasons, and then. They started to mention something, and we kind of give each other the, the the double look, and we're like, "Okay, we gotta go." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, right. So I think they, and even then, I I think I did I did I did a pretty good job of actually uh, um, tuning that out because when I ended up watching uh, when I got back from Comic Con, I, I I blitzed through season six so I, I can catch up, and when season seven came out, I was ready, and I wasn't gonna be playing too much of a catch up game. Um, but yeah, I just I I was watching it. I remember I was just I was trying to like psychologically block out anything that maybe I heard mm-hmm. or any kind of like ear earbug that came in and and you know kind of potentially spoil the series um, or I mean you know that that season uh, Rise Darby R H Y S oh yeah that's Rise Darby right yeah there. that's right Rise Darby okay. yeah yeah like he was it, and like the the few minutes we had with uh, in his presence actually at the, at the panel. He just brought that. Yeah, you're right. The the Quran charisma. Yeah, and uh, I mean, he he did the. I don't know the voice. I don't think he even puts too much strain on his voice, right? No, I feel like I think it's a little bit of exaggerated, but he's not like uh, he's not changing his voice at all. It's his regular voice. I think he's just acting a little more goofy to fit the character's uh, profile. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's much strain on his voice. Yeah, that, that that's what it seemed like. It he it seemed like he was. It just came out naturally, and yeah, like you're saying, the characteristics or, uh, you know, whatever he's like, the lines he's delivering are just you know lines. Like obviously it's goofy or whatever, but he can, he can read Shakespeare and he'd still be in that voice, basically, right? Right, right, yeah. And I think I mean again, uh, back to Flight of the Concords, he did kind of, and actually every character, every uh, movie I've seen him, he's always been kind of a kooky character. Um, so it always it fit perfectly when I um, when I first heard him and uh, when I found out that that was the voice actor. So, yeah, was he a regular on that show, The Flight of the Concords? Uh, he yes, yes. I can't remember because it's been 
quite a long time since I've seen that show, but he was he was a series regular. Um, and actually, I'm looking at IMDb right now, and um, the other movie I remember him um, in was uh, Yes Man, the movie with J- J- Jim Carrey. Oh, okay. And yeah. he was, I think it's Boston, that movie. He was like a Harry Potter, um, <laughs> I remember, he's like a Harry Potter uh, fanatic um, in that movie, if anyone's ever seen that movie. But um, yeah, and again, just kind of like kooky character, so... Right. Wow, you know what? Actually, when you, when you said Harry Potter, I was thinking to myself, like, you know what? He could have been, he could have been a teacher in uh, in Hogwarts. I, I I believe that they should have casted him. That was a miscast, uh, you know, mischance of casting him. Well, maybe not. There's still the Fantastic Beast series. I was just about to say maybe that. they can, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. I could uh, I could easily see him as in the role of one of those, uh, you know, uh, wizards, uh, kind of with a the uh, odd personality, oddball type character. Yeah, just don't make him the teacher of, uh, was it the dark arts, the defense against the dark arts, because that never pans out for anyone. Yeah, not at all. Okay, well, all right, anyway, before, let's, let's jump, before we jump into season seven, uh, let's uh, just do a recap of season six. So, season six, we saw Lotor, he joined the group, he joined the, he, he joined the paladins, and the whole time, I, I was like, watching it as i was watching i was going this guy's got to turn heel at one point right because there's no way you you can't trust that guy there was something about him he always had like some sort of a hidden agenda um yeah i felt the same way and um i don't know just maybe it was just me because i don't remember too much from the original series um but i always had this feeling like he was gonna turn um heel as you would say at some point and then it it, re- it took a really long time for it to happen. So I thought maybe they're just going a completely different direction and um, they're going to make him part of the team. And there's going to be some a new big bad that we don't know about yet. Um, and I thought, and then I thought it was heading towards Hagar. Um, but yeah, um, you know, kind of, it kind of made me double think what I thought was already going to happen. So it kind of was a nice turn there too. Yeah. I mean, and actually, the season was, was really actually really small too. It was only like six episodes. So I was the whole time I was like, "Wait, where are you going with this?" I, I can't believe like Lotor is going to be you know an ally. And I mean, and then another developing storyline during that season was, uh, I guess, the blooming romance. I don't say romance. I guess yeah, you could say romance between Lance and Alora. You saw it in every episode. Like his feelings for her got stronger and stronger. And then anytime. Lotor and uh, Alora got close, like you know when they were working together. Lance seemed to have gotten like really super jealous, right? And I think that's why. So part of the reason why I thought maybe they Lotor was going to be a good guy um, or part of the team for a while is because it seemed like Alora um, was starting to develop feelings for him as well. And I was like thinking in the back of my head, maybe they are really like doing this swerve, and this is where they're going to deter from, you know what. Voltron fans know from the previous um, iteration of the show. So, yeah, and then it kind of caught me off guard. So, yeah, really, uh, really, real big swerve there for me. Yeah, I mean, and just, yeah, especially when you think, like, okay, Laura's trusting him, you know, but I just, there was always something that was lingering in the back of my head. Um, so, yeah, all right, so we got Lotor's now part of, you know, Team Paladin, and then there's the, you had Sendak. He became he became the main antagonist for this season, and then you know carried on over. 
he was uh, he was the Golra that he was. Uh, what, what, what was he actually? Was he like the third in line of being uh, of, of being, you know uh, taking leadership? And he just after uh, Zarkon and Lotor and everything that he just assumed leadership. I think so. And the funny thing is, um, it, it, it's been a while since we saw Sendak, so I didn't even remember him until they that episode where they showed him and I. And that's when we think like, oh yeah, this guy's still out there. Um, so that was interesting uh, turn of events as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know he was one of the like high ranking generals um, in there. And I, I don't know. I feel like he was, oh God, what's his name from Transformers? Um, uh, like a bad guy? Oh, like Soundwave? Like he's a Soundwave or he's like a Shockwave type Yeah, guy? the uh, Megatron's... Um, uh, Oh, Starscream? Yeah, the one that like was always kind of like trying to outdo Megatron and kind of like take his place, even though he was himself. Oh, yeah, Starscream. Starscream, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I always felt like Sendak was that type of character. He was he was part of the Galera, but he was always kind of trying to take over and, and uh, take Zarkon's spot. Yeah, he always seemed like he had an underlying issue as well. Like he was like... He was he was gonna he was planning to take over at any at any point and he wanted obviously in the Galra they all want power, right? Yeah. And that's what we we soon find out because you know we're talking about um Lotor you know gaining trust of the paladins and Alora and everyone. And at one point there was a time when Keith he met his mom in this season, mm-hmm, right. who then you get you get a little bit more backstory on him. Um, and you see his uh, his half Galra, half human roots, and how they be, how they became, and and then you get you get a space wolf and another Altaian. They they run across another Altaian and a, like a would you say like a, a warping uh, space wolf that was uh, I, I don't know if they ever gave it did they ever give it a name? I think that was kind of a running joke where I think um, and I can't remember this was season seven. But I think they tried to give it a name, and Keith didn't want to give it the name. They he kept referring to him as Wolf, and then I think the other paladins wanted to call him something like Sparky or um, something like that. I'm trying to remember, um, but I think it was kind of a running gag where the other paladins wanted to give him a name, and Keith was just this, you know, he he cared for the wolf but didn't care to give it a name, so he just called it Wolf. So yeah, I, I, I don't recall it completely, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's one of those running gags cut throughout the um, that season. Yeah. Okay. So then now he meets his mom, and then they get the, they come across the cosmic wolf, mm-hmm. and then they come across another Altaian who then basically outs uh, Lotor and his, um, his 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 plan, his grand scheme of things, because he was never well. It was. Um, because his, his, his past with Altaians was he was he had come as like some sort of a savior, a messiah, and he was gonna take them to a new, you know, a new land and help them. And and all along, he was actually harvesting them. Yeah, right. That's what we came across. Like he was harvesting them uh, for the uh, quintessence, right? Like the the power or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, just your opinion here. Did you buy that whole storyline? Um, I feel like they did such a good job of making Lotor seem like a good guy that they had to come up with a storyline for him to to show his true colors. And that's kind of where I hit like this weird feeling um, in the season where I wasn't quite sure how I felt about him because 
I don't know. I don't. He, it, in some way, he still felt like he had some um, righteous, um, uh, righteous uh, reasons to do what he is doing, and mm-hmm. um, not yeah. completely evil. Um, but at the sa- and then at the same time, you know, it's just kind of in the back of the head. You know, this guy is like Zarkon's son and Hagar's son. Um, so it's just kind of this weird. I, w- I wasn't sure how to feel about it right away um, until kind of like the towards the end where he went like full blown evil, you know? Yeah. He was, uh, you had a feeling like he was, we're going to put it like in Marvel terms. He's like kind of Thanos. Mm-hmm. Like he had like, he want, he had good intentions, but the way he wanted, the way he went about it, um, it just obviously didn't line up with, you know, actually being moral, morally right. Um, and then of course you're right. They, they kind of—I don't want to say they shoehorned it in, but the way, yeah, the way the story was portrayed him, like they made him turn super heel really fast. It wasn't—it wasn't like a gradual, like you saw, you saw like little things here and there falling falling into place, and then he becomes like full on, like oh shit, like you're you're uh, uh, revealed as a being uh, on the other side, a villain. It was straight up like, oh wait, Lotor. No, 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 no! I know that guy. You don't want to trust that guy. That guy fucked us over. Like, no, 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 no. And, you know that's. And then, of course, the backstory happens, and then you're just left like, oh, okay. So he was he was bad all along. Like I I thought it would have been nice if they did kind of a like an Ocean's Eleven type deal where you, you kind of flash back to every episode in the season, even though it was a short season. I think maybe that's why it would have been hard. But you would you saw him. Uh, you know, as he was helping the paladins, or as he was directing them in uh, paths that was actually working in his benefit, and you just saw it—you know—you'd see it in like an ocean, Ocean's Eleven style, right? Going, oh, that's why you had them do this, or that's why you had them do that. Like, oh, when you know, when that scene happened, they actually—you didn't actually see him turn his—you know—turn away, and he actually had a grin on his face or whatever. So I thought, I thought, yeah, you're right. The the turn, the heel turn was like a little too fast, and. It could, yeah, it could leave someone scratching their head, like going, "Well, if he was gonna be bad this whole time, like you could have at least, you know, made it like more not subtle, but like a slow play, slow, slow burn." Yeah, I think the, um, you know, that would have helped. I think just because the the, the time, um, I mean, they they really spent about two seasons making you think um, and get behind Lotor and get behind Lotor being a good guy, and then when one or two episodes they try to shift your feelings uh, the other way. And you're right. I think they, um, because the seasons were spaced um, the way they were, I think some of the audience forgot and couldn't really uh, connect some of the dots. Whereas if they kind of had, like, as you said, that Ocean's Eleven moment um, where they kind of like show you the string of events, that would have been helpful um, and kind of like an aha moment. Uh, But they didn't have that. But I mean, at the same time, it still it still did what it uh, it had the uh, it served its purpose. Um, I'm not slamming it for that. I just it's kind of one of those like nitpicky things that um, uh, I was looking at at season six that kind of didn't work entirely for me. But yeah, you're right. Like he he really was like that Thanos character. Yeah, but you know what they did have the aha moment. This was the one that made me go, "Holy shit!" It was like one of those like, "Holy shit!" Holy like, the holy shit chant was going through my head was when um, obviously he was already outed and they were capturing him. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Shiro goes like, he goes on like straight up, he turns heel as well. It was like, here we go. Here comes your, 
your wrestling wrestling moment. It was like seeing Hulk Hogan turn heel right there in front of everyone. Just like, holy shit, no way. Like he's uploading a virus into the Castle of Lions. Like he's helping Lotor uh, escape the Paladins. And you're just like left going, what the hell's going on? And you're noticing like, going, oh man. And then you you kind of had a you kind of had you kind of had a like Ocean's Eleven moment where you say, oh shit, it was like back all the way from season one when he disappeared. Like he was actually, you know, being controlled by Hagar. And he was just like another, he was like a clone. And it just threw me for a loop. Like I didn't see that. That was one that, that I did not see coming at all. And thank God, I'm pretty sure like in that panel, they, they, uh, you know, they mentioned it. And thank God we, we got the fuck we got out of there before. Because <laughs> that would have been like, like, oh, I don't want to watch season six now. Because that was like, that was the big, uh, that was when the other shoe dropped. First was Lotor. Okay, shocker. He he was the bad guy. Like he was a bad guy and he had, uh, you know, underlying uh, mission the whole time. But the Shiro, like actually being used against them, that was, that's where it had me like, no way. You know, soap, soap opera moment. You just hear, doo, 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 and I was like, going no. And then you have Pidge. Oh yeah. Oh, that. See, there you go. Th- this is the part where this is where we left at the panel. Now I remember, there was a part when one of the panelists were asking uh, the act, the voice actress or the actress that plays uh, Pidge. Is oh, what was one of your favorite episodes? And like, what was it? Oh, why was it your favorite episode? And she's like, oh, it was when Pidge couldn't take the shot. And I was going, holy shit, let's get out of here. It was like, take the shot. And then we like we were standing up, and I kind of heard Shiro's name in there, but I kind of like mentally tried to block it out. And then when that episode came, I saw it, I saw it in a fold. I was going, oh shit, this was it right here. Like, and then Thank God it, you know, I, I, I didn't hear it clearly at the panel, but then when I saw it, because I still felt like that shock feeling of going, oh, like, yeah, you can't, you're not going to be able to do that to your leader, the someone that you've been following for the last about five seasons or so. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I don't, actually don't remember that from the panel. I think I was like, by then I was like, oh, fingers in my ears, like, let's just get out of here. So <laughs> hearing, um, or the whole thing with uh, Shiro, you're right, it was that was more effective for me than the, than Lotor's turn. Um, and going back into wrestling um, analogies here, this was like uh, watching Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, shake Vince McMahon's hand after they both uh, team up to defeat The Rock. Uh, that was like the big shocker. I could not believe what was happening. This, you know, this was the guy from the very beginning that, you know, wholeheartedly was uh, on the Paladin side. And then once you kind of see that little flashback of what uh, were the events leading all the way back to season one, which makes it this um, one of the reasons that this is such a great show is that it leaves you a little, um, you know, breadcrumbs that you didn't know that they were going to come back to. Um, Yes. And uh, it does that really well. Things like um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Axia, the, the, the Galera that, um, Oh yeah, one of Lotor's uh, like um, sidekicks or like uh, part of his group. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, she was introduced way back in season one when they were um, when Keith had to get. Um, oh god, they went into the the space whale. I think it was, and she was trapped in there, and he sets her free, um, and she's revealed. They're both like in um, 
spacesuit so she doesn't he doesn't know she's she's a cholera and then at the end of the episode she he she takes off her mask and you you find out she's a cholera um but yeah. he lets her escape and that was like late that was a uh, you know seed laid back in season one and then you come back later and you find out he's she's um one of low tours generals so um yeah this season or this uh show does a real good job of uh doing that and um especially with the shiro um uh, storyline it really turned the tide and that you know you had no idea and it, I, I i did feel the emotional um turn of that a lot more than the low tour thing so um that really worked well in season six yeah the the shiro thing was it had such an impact because uh, you know it explains more everything where he's actually he's been dead since season one which was like the shocker of like, like oh you've been dead and here's conscious was just basically in the black line the whole time. Yeah. And they were just, and the clone was just, you know, obviously working under Hagar's, um, you know, mind control, but the real Shiro, the only thing that was left of him was his mind and his, or spirit. And it was in the black lion. And then, you know, you have the Lance coming, coming to a realization where he said, Oh my God, I, I remember I, I, I thought it was you, but I just, I, I ignored it. Cause I didn't think it was, I, I thought it was just something weird that was happening. And, you know, you have that moment of like going, everyone's like kind of dejected and defeated because right? they're like going, our leader that we've been following has actually died a long time ago. And we've just been following this, this person, this now this stranger to us. Yeah. And that, that that's where, yeah, it, this is where Voltron actually steps it up where it's not just like the animation, the action, um, storyline gets really deep and it, it gets you it gets you feeling like these you know hits you right in the feels yeah. right yeah and and you're just like what, the, what what's going on here so then after we find out all that then lotor obviously his plans unleashed and he starts going after after the lions and he has his own um basically mech yeah right? his own he, the, version of voltron yeah yeah, because that's what they were helping him build the whole time, and you know there there was like his like aha, see, I had you build me my ships, and my these ships are actually going to be the re- things that are going to destroy you, you know, and you know you know um, as a formula, obviously they do a battle, they, a battle happens, um, he ends up losing because they basically come to the realization that they just need to overload him or his mech with quintessence, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, and in that case. Um, it caused like rifts all over the the universe. Yeah, like these black and holes. For, yeah, like, like they're like you could t- see the tears happening, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the another another part where it just get kind of gets you in the emotional uh, sack is uh, you get you they they come to realization like going the only way that they're going to be able to do this is if they sacrifice the castle of lions, and you're like going no, this has been your home right this whole time. Like now you've got to give it up, obviously for the greater good. And you see them when they all came to that realization, like, okay, pack up the mice, pack up the cows, pack up all your shit out of this place. Like, where the thing that we called home is no longer. And then you just see the, right before uh, you see it explode, you see the empty rooms, you see the empty hall, you see everything empty, and you're just, you're just like going, uh, like, the, like despair. It's just like, it gets filled in with all this fire, black smoke, and everything gets destroyed, and it's like, done. Yeah, uh, about that scene, I love how they keep showing the cow. Like, it's supposed to be this important character, but they keep kind of just using it as a gag. And uh, they'll continue yeah, to use yeah, that yeah. gag again in um, Season 7. 
but yeah, it really did have the, hit the emotional beats um, uh, for that that part. You know, you really know that the and it, and and it's funny. It's because it's not really a character. It's just a it's a it's a it's it's really their vehicle, right? And it doesn't even have a personality as much as you know, say one of the lions. Um, but yeah, you do feel kind of like this is what they've been living in. This is their home um, out in space. Um, something that they've had. Um, constant since they've left earth and now it's gonna- kind of like their anchor right? right like an anchor yeah good that yeah that's a good word for it uh it's like that uh the last episode of uh fresh prince of bel-air where will smith's just kind of standing there and the mansion's kind of empty and he kind of he kind of like walks around a little bit and just like ah got you right there in the heart you know yeah you, you see you basically see uh everyone's hands in their pockets looking around and like going this is it yeah and Oh man, and then that's and that's basically, and then it leaves you with um, the castle. Castle ship basically blows up, turns into like a little diamond, which then Koran takes, and you ha- you have a feeling like that's got to come in handy later on. Yeah, it's definitely becomes a plot device oh. later on. Um, yeah, and then uh, Keith basically says, "Okay, we're we're going home." So they're they're going back to Earth. So the, season six, like their their galaxy quest, their all, all that flying through space is coming to an end because now they finally get to go. Do we actually know how long they were actually in uh, out away from Earth for? Did we ever get that? Right? Maybe I'm just like I, I'm not. I don't key in on the days or years that if, if there was any timestamps on any of this. I you know? I want to say um, just judging by um, kind of like the flashbacks and and the way they've talked about, I know it's been a couple of years. I want to say less than 10, but probably, I don't know. I want to say between three to five years. So it's been, it's been some time. Um, Okay. So there's a chunk of, it's a chunk of change in their life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, For sure. It's been a long time. Um, I'm just judging because of the time because they find Pidge's dad and then Pidge's dad returns home. And I think even then, between the time that uh, Pidge's dad, they send him off back to Earth, and um, them deciding to go back to Earth, there's been quite uh, a jump already. And then not to mention, as we find out later on in Season 7, there's an even bigger jump. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, sorry. So that was Season 6. We're about to go into Season 7 uh, after these messages. Hey, Anthony, did you hear we're on Stitcher now? Uh, I didn't realize we were so popular with the knitting and sewing community. Oh my god. Was that another dad joke? Or is this you being dumb? Maybe just a little bit of both. Oh god. Okay, well I'll let that one pass. I'll go ahead and drop a little knowledge on you. Based on the Wikipedia page, Stitcher is an on-demand internet radio service that focuses on news and information radio and podcasts. It provides free online streaming through their website and on mobile applications on Androids, Blackberries. Blackberries? What? Blackberries. Are those even still around? I don't know, man. That's weird. Oh, oh my God. Okay, well, Blackberries and iPhone. It's been described as the most popular alternative to the default Apple Podcast app as of 2016. Oh, that's Stitcher. Stitcher Radio. It's where you can get the freshest episodes of your favorite podcast and radio shows streamed directly to your smartphone or iPad. No downloading or syncing. From NPR's Fresh Air to Adam Carolla... WNYC's Radio Lab to The Wall Street Journal, Rush Limbaugh to Rachel Maddow, and even our show, Keeping It Nerd. Stitcher organizes and delivers the world of talk radio fresh daily. Listen whenever and wherever you want. 
Listen to over 65,000 radio shows and podcasts on your iPhone, iPad, Android, or PC anytime, anywhere. Find Keeping It Nerd on Stitcher Radio today. Or tonight, if you're listening at night. Or in the wee hours of the morning, if you happen to be waiting for our podcast feed to refresh as we upload this current episode. And now, on with the show. Stay tuned. More Keeping It Nerd on the way. Welcome back, everyone. So, we just reviewed a quick recap. I don't know if it was quick, but... You know, we try to make it as fast as we could on season six, and then we go jump into season seven. Uh, season eight is right around the corner, everyone. So uh, let's let's let's, ca- let's catch everyone up and uh, tell you what we think about season seven. And after the paladins try and return to return home from uh, season six, um, we're we're taking this season six actually. And I'm sorry, season seven actually was actually thirteen episodes too. So we were actually going to be in for a long, a longer haul than season six. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, it felt, yeah. Sorry. But I think we were talking about this. Like it was longer, but it really felt like it was, it was two parts. It was two. Um, it, it could have been two seasons, but I feel, and this is. I'm, I hope I'm not jumping the gun here. I really do feel the first half of this season could really have been whittled down to maybe two or three good episodes, and then because um, it really doesn't pick up until the latter half of this season around. I want to say uh, episode six or or higher, um, and then it really picks up. Yeah, um, that's what I think we were texting each other. Um, I, forget, I think you were ahead of me when you started watching, and when you were um, uh, te- you know texting me, you were saying, "Oh, you know, it seemed like there were a few of like you kind of throwaway episodes or useless episodes." Where um, I think I think almost every series has those that kind of filler episodes. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate when you have a series that's already s- short, like in thirteen episodes. Like going, let's 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 not deal with those episodes. Or if you're gonna have a filler episode, just have like put everything into like one or two. I I thought like uh, the, what was the one episode I thought was like really silly? It was like the, the space game oh, show. Yes, episode. exactly. The, it was like the Family Feud. Yeah. Episode right. right. And the whole time I'm sitting there wondering, okay, how is this linking to the, um, to the, the overarching storyline? And I'm thinking, okay, you know, there's, they're going to tie this in somehow. Um, and then I get to the end of the episode and really like you literally could skip that entire episode and miss nothing from the season. Um, yeah, it brought, there was no substance to it. It, it was very unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. It didn't progress the story at all. You're, you not you're hitting it on the nose yeah not at all um i think there was another episode i feel like we could have either they could have made it a very um small part of another episode or could have um it didn't have to be a full episode itself was um uh the one where they're kind of like just floating in space and they're just waiting um and I, i forget what it is but like some sort of um space monsters out out there and kind of keeps um, keeps flashing lights at them. Do you yes, remember what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, it's like it was the episode right before it started getting good when they actually started making their way home. Okay, right, yeah. that that episode. Yeah, because that's when they come to that realization, like, oh my god, that light, that light is going to be the beacon to get us home. And that, then you, I think that's when we hear the distress signal from Earth. Oh, that's right. Is that what it yes. is? Yes, yes, that's how it ends. That's that's when it ends. We say that's when it ends, but that's actually when I think the season really picks up and begins because there was there was a there were hints of it right in the beginning, the first few episodes, 
you're like going, wait, there seems like they're on their way back to Earth, but there's there's something a little bit off with their settings, and you're making it seem like there's a there was a time jump of some sorts, and obviously something they weren't aware of until you know they come across things right going wait a minute I think, what was, what epi- I'm, do you remember the episode they they came across was it a, re- a recording or how did they find out when it was actually like going, holy crap it's been actually two years since we be- defeated lotor yeah um i want to say um they get a um i think they're going to um the Blade of Marmora's, uh, well, actually, before that, there's like actually kind of small hints. I think they're, um, they notice that, um, there's a Blade of Marmora, um, uh, like safe house, and it looks like it's, it's, it's been abandoned in one of the episodes. Um, they kind of mentioned that. And then, um, in a later episode, they, um, uh, get captured by, um, Oh gosh, what, what are their names? The Lotor's two generals. The oh yeah yeah okay yeah it's, it's it was the episode called the ruins because Pidge picks up a distress signal right okay and then yeah and then they they head they head to that towards that direction yeah and then yeah they they come across uh is it Colivian and uh uh Crolia uh, is the mom but it was who was it yeah you're right it was Zeph it was another. Who was it? China. Cosmo, the cosmic wolf. Oh, Cos- okay. Cosmo, Cosmo, the cosmic wolf. There we go. That's the name of the wolf. I kept thinking Sparky. Oh, Colivian? Is it Colivian? Colivian? They fight throughout the caverns and find Colivian alive. Oh, he's... Um, Colivian is one of the Blade of Mormora um, generals. So they're going... Jeez... Um, trying to remember yeah they go back the city, i think it's one of like the 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 waypoints or something and then yeah. yeah they found out that that's been completely destroyed and i think that's when they start realizing that there's something's going on and they don't really put the pieces together until um um it's revealed to them by um Macidus. Macidus, I yeah he fills the team in on the events since their disappearance uh-huh. Like after after like the big explosion, Lotor disappeared. The Galra Empire was like basically done with, and that he, he was he was like filling them in. So that's I think that yeah, this is the episode where they're they're coming to a realization like, oh, there was a there was a time when we weren't around and we don't know where we did did, did they even mention like where they actually were? Were they just like in a purgatory? Um. I don't know. I think it was just uh, that they, they took a time jump because of all the black holes that they were fighting Lotor in. And yes. they were time jumps and, you know, they didn't realize that that much time had passed by. Um, and so after they defeat Lotor, it's actually three years later, even though only moments have passed for them. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Oh, and here you go. They, they, they were captured by uh, Ezor and Zethrid. There you go. Those are the two generals. Yeah. That's what it was. And it's funny, yeah, because I think you, you immediately know something's up because um, the last time you see them in season six, um, they were betrayed by Lotor and they were basically like, you know, piecing out and they're like, no, yeah, Lotor has played us for fools um, for so long and we've been following him and they kind of just decide to like leave him. Um, and then all of a sudden you pick up here and now they're after the paladins and you kind of trying to figure out what's going on here. Cause the last time you saw them, they had a whole other agenda. So, 
Yeah, yeah, they they saw the 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 was it the ultimate heel turn. That's when they're like going, "Oh my god, the guy's drunk with power. Let's get the hell out of here, guys!" Yeah. And yeah, so then when they see when they see the paladins again, they're going, "What are you doing here?" Like, Lotor has been gone ever since that day when the explosion happened. You disappeared. Lotor disappeared, and you disappeared. And they were just like going. That's when they came to that realization. Like, oh, we disappeared. Like we thought. We thought like after we we won the battle, it was like boom, and you just pick right up. Yeah, and there you go. That's that's where it gets. I mean, it's like I said. Like, yeah, you're right. The little breadcrumbs in the first couple episodes that make you feel like, oh, okay, so there's a time jump. Um, you know, things are happening. Not not gonna be so easy for them to get back home. And then they they finally they make their they make their way back home right at one point, and it was. It was that point where you're like, oh, that's when the, the whole season picked up for me because it got, it had a darker tone. And you, you said it to me uh, in, the, in the text where you said it became more of like an anime story where things got uh, darker um, and it had like the, it didn't have like the same kind of feeling where Voltron had like, you know, like there's those happy-go-lucky episodes or where they're always their spirits were always up type deal this would seem like oh like everyone has isn't a you know feeling dread and a pit of despair because they're coming they see their home kind of like uh overran by the galra is that it was they were the ships were like floating around the earth and then you just hear this distress signal saying uh was it voltron do not come back don't do not help us yeah it said um well, like th- definitely, you felt like the stakes were higher. Like it was, it became immediately more adult, especially after seeing, you know, like we said, that Family Feud episode, um, which was a lot, um, you know, sillier and kind of catered to more of the kids. Um, after after episode seven or at episode seven, when you, you kind of get that message, and um, and then it's a, like a flashback of what what's been happening on Earth for the past three years, um, it immediately gets really adult and really uh, darker um, than we've seen in uh, the previous episodes from the season. So yeah, that's, that's where um, things definitely pick up. And uh, that's where I got really interested and really invested in, um, in the rest of the season. So that, that, and it's exactly, I think um, if I'm looking at this correctly, it's um, episode seven. So like, if, like I said, this felt like it could have easily been broken up into two seasons Thank God they didn't, because I would have been really upset if it was just a season of the first six episodes. Yeah, I think they knew what they were doing because if they ter- if they did do that, like you said, like they split it up, mm-hmm. then they you might have lost viewership because, like, you know, the first six episodes were okay, but they didn't have you know provide too much you know um, content for you to be wanting to like going. Oh, I need to know more. I need to know. I want to know more. Yeah, uh, and and I would have been actually even maybe more super pissed if they left it up to the point where they get ho- where they get you know they get back home and they see that the Golra has taken over and they said okay see that's end of season seven I'll be going oh I would I, that, that kind of like sour grapes me like, like uh, I don't know if I want to watch this because you guys just made me you know took me for a ride and then you know now you've got me by oh like by the tail and I'm going oh well. Do you want? Do you want to know? Yes. Like, then come back and watch it. Like, like, God damn you! You made you made me sit through six, seven episodes of crap, and now I'll, the last two made me go yes, salivate for more. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Uh, before, but yeah, that's I'm sorry. sorry. I yeah. was gonna say before we move into that second half of season seven, can I mention something that I really um, I thought about at the time, and I kind of wish they went in another direction. Yeah, of course. What, what do, well, you have a theory, or like, or you choose your own adventure. You're, all right, choose your own adventure. Are you going to page one thirty eight, or are you going to page two forty two? Well, okay, because because we we just spent a lot of time talking about in season six how we kind of. Um, what worked for us and what didn't. And we both agreed that like Lotor's turn um, was pretty drastic. And um, I mean, it went, you know, it was kind of expected, but it, um, it didn't work for us as much as the turn that Shiro made. And um, I kind of wish, I kind of wish um, that they kept Shiro kind of as the puppet kind of, I, I kind of wanted to see, what it would have been like to have Shiro, a former paladin, now become the big bad now that Zarkon is gone. Like a kind of like a Lotor, Hagar, and Sh- uh, Shiro team up. Um, and then, of course, we don't see that. And then at the beginning of season seven, um, the first episode is all about bringing Shiro's consciousness um, out of the Black Lion and into the clone body. Um, and then part of me feels like I almost wish they had kind of killed him off just because, I, because of that storyline where he turned heel. And yeah. I feel like, like the stakes need to be real, even though it's a cartoon show and it's, 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 it's marketed for kids. You know, I, I think part of it, um, it's like, if you keep bringing these characters back when you're saying they're dead or, um, kind of giving these fake outs where, oh no, like. Are they going to make it? And then they keep coming back. Um, you're never going to feel like there's ever going to be any um, any real stakes. And so I almost kind of wish either they kept him as a bad guy and be uh, you know the the one that would be challenging the paladins, or um, kept him dead and kind of give the paladins more of a reason uh, and and the audience to hate the Galera to really go after you know to, to give them the drive. And then, then to come back and find out not only Shiro's dead, but now they've almost taken over Earth. I feel like that would have hit home a lot more. Um, but that was just because the first six episodes of season seven dragged so much, and I was just waiting for something to happen. And this is kind of what was just yeah. going through my head. So, so you're 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 basically playing scenarios like going if you if you guys just did this, I would be would you been okay then if like. Let's say yeah, Shiro did turn full on heel, and he was going to be the main antagonist, who was actually going to be would be a formidable foe for them because he's an insider. He already knows the ins and outs of Voltron. Exactly. Um, would you say then you would have been okay with the first six episodes the way they would have went? Obviously, minus. Well, I guess you wouldn't have them because you would you take away Shiro. Well, you could take away Shiro's part uh, in some of those episodes, and it would it would still be the same. Would you would you have felt the same then? Well. Look at it this way: What what if they kept Shiro alive, uh, but as a bad guy, and they still had to destroy uh, the Castle of Lions, and so they needed that time to recharge the Lions, which kind of gave them that length of time. So then, now what if you find out and you get to Earth, and it's taken over not only by the Cholera, but it's headed by Shiro because Shiro is from Earth and kind of knew that this is where the only place to go and how better way to hit them than hitting them exactly at their home. You know, um, I, that would have just like, 
it really would have hit home for me and it really would have made me hate a character that for six seasons prior you really you know you always were pulling for um i know you know again back to wrestling terms it's like you always build up that character to be loved and then you turn them heel right at the right moment and it it, it hurts so much more um because because you're emotionally invested into that character uh and then we you know we could have had all these other uh, filler episodes um but I think you'd still be carrying the weight of of what happened in the previous season to carry you through kind of these um, these other things. Well, we wouldn't have had the episode of them trying to get the the Black Lion's consciousness, so we could have erased that one easily. Um, which, again, side note, um, in that same episode, it's revealed that um, Shiro's gay, which I'm not uh, opposed to, but it didn't really... It didn't need to be. I, I I felt it doesn't do anything much for the storyline, um, unless that's a breadcrumb they're they're leaving for future episodes. Who knows? I don't. Yeah, I don't think that it show. I mean, was there a character progression with that uh, reveal of his sexuality? No, but you know, it, it didn't help it. It didn't hurt it. It was just. It was just like a kind of a random like. Oh, okay. You guys put that in there. I I wasn't quite. I never quite. I never had that question before, but. Now you're gonna you're gonna answer it for me, okay? Sure, why not? Whatever. Yeah, which is funny because, and I don't know if you know this, but there have you heard that there's these online theories or this like online fan base that wants Keith and Lance to be gay and end up becoming um, lovers? Have you heard of this? I've I've not only heard of it, I've seen lots of drawings <laughs> all over the internet on, and on Instagram. And I also, I was also cosplayed as uh, Keith that one year. Oh, right, right. Uh, at at Comic Con, and when I was walking around, I, there were a lot of like Keith and uh, Lance couples, and I was like going, "Wait, something? <laughs> am I? Did I miss something in one of the seasons? Like, what's going on here?" <laughs> I mean, it was like that scene where in uh, American Pie Three, where Stifler was in the gay bar, and then they, he realizes that he was in the gay bar. That that's how I, I was like going, "Oh." Did I miss something? Like, are Lance and Keith? Was there was there an issue? Was there a uh, episode that I missed where they, you know, they, they came out to each other? Like, oh, all right. But I mean, no, I've 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 I've, I've seen it. I've noticed it. Yeah, it's all over. I think there's like yeah, fan fiction out there. Oh, there's always fan fiction. Everyone writes fan fiction. Um, but yeah, it's that. I think they even gave it a name. Uh, was it Leith or was it? Or was it, was it Cants? I, I think, you know, they, they did one of those, like, name match. Yeah, like, the like oh, okay. or something like that. Um, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, that's, that, then, I don't know, it's relatively new news to me, because I just found that out um, uh, when I was, like, uh, trying to catch up uh, to season six, and I was um, over the summer, and I was trying to, like, remember what happened in season um one through five. So I was kind of um, just reading some wiki pages or whatever. And I came along with that theory and I, I was just baffled. I was like, what is going on? So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can, I can imagine it's, you know, um, but back to what you're saying, but with Shiro and yeah, you, I like, see, this is why I like having uh, someone to talk to well, when we have these reviews or any of these uh, episodes, I, I don't think about it. As too hard, but when you put it out there, yeah. What if Shiro was a bad guy? You think he, you know, perished in, you know, during the fight with Lotor or whatever, or you know, escaped with Lotor or 
whatever. And then, you know, they're all they're making their way back to Earth. When they finally get to Earth, they're like, oh my god, it's, you know, uh, taken over by the Galra. And they think, oh, there's only, like, it's it's Hagar, it's Sendak, like, th- like, this is crap, like, you know, we got a thing. And all of a sudden, there he goes, a reveal is going, it was neither. It was me! And, you know, you just take off the old man mask and you see it's actually she yeah. It's, that's, that would, yeah, you're right. That would have, that would have hit me in the, right in the stomach where I was like going, screw you, you just made me feel bad for you because you were dead, man. And I don't feel bad for you. I wish you were dead for real. You're not my real dad. And run away, you know? It was, it was like, yeah. I could see that moment being really emotionally hard hitting. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe, it, maybe it would have been maybe a little too much because the, the second, the second part of the season did uh, have, have those moments of like, Oh, yikes. Like, so they, you know, they come back to earth and earth is obviously ran, run down already. The garrison is basic is on fumes. They have no, there's no Voltron. Uh, they're, they're led by, uh, what was her name? They're led by, I forget which, like a couple of the generals that we've seen in the past. And then you have Pidge's father, who's also a consultant yes. uh, for them. So you, you see that happen and you're seeing everything unfold. And he's, you know, they're, they're trying to think of uh, new uh, strategies to try and defeat the Galra, who's being led by Sendak, who, okay, if, if Shiro wasn't the villain, Sendak did fill in that role of like going, holy crap, this guy is, he's really, he's, 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 he's giving it to them. Like he's like no mercy. He's not, he's not trying to play, play with his food or anything. Like, no, like he, he knew what he had to do. Um, there was that episode when they uh, infiltrated his mind and they said, uh, and they were trying to find out like, oh, what is his strategy? What is like, how, how does Sendak think? Oh, right. And then, you know, you hear, you hear him play it out, you know, his, uh, his subconscious, you know, plays out over it. It's going, it is our mission to totally wipe out the existence of Earth and make sure there is no more, you know. And he's just, and everyone's just like shocked. Going, oh, this guy doesn't just want to rule. No, no, he wants to, you know, take everyone out and then rule. Like it's, it's not like okay, I'm going to take over and you guys are going to be, you know, whatever. Like no, he had, he had this thing vision that he's going to take everyone, you know, wipe out everyone at all costs, and then he'll rule rule after that yeah he had a very um strategic and like systematic approach um which really worked um because um like i said i never really thought much about sendak because he'd been gone for so long and then you know they did a good job with zarkon hagar and lotor um and with them all being out of the picture they bring sendak back and it was very hard for me to kind of believe that he's you know that he's going to be this formidable foe um, at first because of, um, you know, he's just been gone. You just, you just forget about him. So you don't realize, you know, how much of an opponent he could be. And then you watch these episodes and you're right. He, he's, he's there just to take over. He doesn't care. He's relentless. And um, yeah, he, he, he really does um, a good job of making you hate him playing the big bad in this season. Yeah, and he was a secondary, kind of like a secondary character throughout the first few seasons. Like, oh, of course, Hagar, Lotor, Zarkon, those are your, 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 you focus a lot on them. And obviously Sendak is, is around, but you don't notice them until, you know, until he's brought to the forefront. Like, okay, you are now the, you're, you are now the adversary in this season. 
and it, it happened also on the protagonist side. They were they were given um, secondary characters that had to uh, show up and help uh, during the absence of Voltron, and it made me. It was the Garrison Top Cadets. Do you remember? You remember those? Uh, it was like four of them. Yeah, which I felt like they were um, real foils to um, the the Paladins. They look like um, like the Earth versions of the the Voltron Paladins that were there. I think there was five of them exactly, right? Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, the the fifth one was uh, Lance's sister, who would have been you know like Lance, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So. No, yeah, they, they like they had like the, the hard ass leader. They had kind of a goofy guy, uh, Lance's sister. Um, yeah, and then you know they, they built them up to be these top pilots, which which was nice. It's always cool to see um, them invest in new characters um, that we hadn't seen before. And um, I bought it. I I, I felt like they. Um, they would be, um, in fact, actually, I didn't think they were going to play that big of a role, um, but I'm glad that they did as the, the season one, um, uh, uh, as season seven progressed. Yeah, uh, they, they, they thought they were going to be secondary characters, and I thought on that one episode when they were trying to retrieve was it the power like power cells from uh, in, in that in that subway scene yeah i thought i thought that i thought everything was gonna blow up in their face and they were all actually gonna end up uh, passing away and that that's when that's when i thought like holy holy shit like you know lance's sister's gonna die in this episode and when lance comes finally comes back to earth he's gonna feel like so determined like i'm gonna kill every gora out there you just killed my sister you know it's now you know now it's like even more personal and I mean, yeah, even though she didn't, she didn't pass away, but I mean, it still had me, you know, gra- you know, sitting at the edge of my seat, like, oh shoot, like, like these, 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 these secondary characters, while, while I don't really know them, I, I still had like a feeling of like, oh, you know, just get through this, get through this. Oh, I, um, yeah, I felt the same exact way, except again, with Lance's sister, I almost felt like they should have either um, kept her dead or done something with her because I feel like they're, they're, they keep teasing like, oh, these characters are dead, and then they come back, you know, and you just start to get, to start to get this feeling that, you know, that, that um, it doesn't matter because if a character dies, because they're going to keep coming back anyways. So eventually that trick is going to run old, and you're just not going to feel as much emotionally attached to these characters. Um, so I almost kind of wish that they had uh, killed her off, and then... Um, like you're right, given um, uh, Lance that that drive even more, you know, um, to to want to get Jesus Christ, you're like a, you're like a killing machine. You just want to kill everyone. Good God! I, you know, th- th- that's the thing with the, this. You know, it, it, I, I'm taking it very. It's a Net- Netflix's Netflix's Voltron. <laughs> very but good. I am. You know, it's very much influenced by um, you know anime and in. You know, in some of the best animes, you always see characters die, and it's permanent. You know, um, and that's why anime has some of the the more um, interesting storylines because they don't fuck around. Um, they're they're not um, afraid to kill some of their main characters, especially after you um, gain so much emotional investment in them. Um, and it's why it's you know there's such a large fan base out there. So I don't know. I think that I thought that's where they were headed, um, and then it did happen. Um, and, you know, it's not, it, again, just being a little nitpicky, uh, but kind of kind of just wish that happened. But I'm not I'm not mad at them that they did. Um, but it's just one of those things that, 
I wonder where the story would have gone if they had uh, done that. Got it. So death equals compelling. I will make notes of yeah, that. Yeah, there you go. Oh, I'm sorry. A lasting death. Not this Optimus Prime is dead and then he comes back a season later because they found out their revenues were going down type deal. Yeah, um, it's like in the comics, you know? I mean, it, it's, you know, no one ever stays dead and you're just, they'll, they'll, they'll uh, throw in, um, you know, like a couple of years ago was the death of Wolverine and it was supposed to be like this hot selling item because everyone was going to see one of the most beloved X-Men characters die. But, you yeah. know, at, Everyone knows at some point they're going to come back, and lo and behold, I think they're doing a, um, a story arc right now where it's the return of Wolverine. Right? Um, I could be wrong. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's just no, there, there's right. no you're permanence right. in comics. Um, I mean, the death of Superman back in the '90s, um, and so I think anime is one of the places where um, they try to stay away from that. And I, I don't know, just because of the animation style of this, I, I was I was really getting that feeling like maybe they're going to go for it. Uh, even though it is um, a kids' show, you know. So yeah, well, uh, well, I mean, it wasn't. I mean, like I said, it, it, it didn't seem so kiddish in that second half yeah. because in that second half, you know, you have you have Earth now trying to mount its forces. Voltron has returned, um, even though to the chagrin of uh, was it Luke, was it Captain or whatever uh, Iverson? Uh, was it was it Iverson? She, it was it was the woman uh, general. Yeah. I totally Ooh. forgot about her until right now, and then I just remembered <laughs> her role in this whole season. Yeah, um, that sounds right about right. I can't remember if that, uh, her name, but yeah, Captain Iverson, who's um, who's in charge of the the garrison uh, on Earth, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, uh, and. Is it? I don't know if it's. I think Iverson is the is the guy. Oh, is the guy? oh well. Either way, there's yeah. There was like the admiral that basically, you know, tells them like, oh no, this isn't going to work. You know, we need to. We we just need to, you know, hold back. You know, kick back and whatever. It, everything will pass. And you're just thinking like, what kind? What kind of leader are you? And you even had like, the those top cadets were, were getting getting their asses handed to them, and they're just still taking like, yeah, we'll listen to you. And then you find out, there you go, uh, heel turn, you find out that she was actually working with Sendak the whole time. Uh, and she turned in the, the lions to, uh, to Sendak. Uh, they mounted attack. You thought everything was going to go to plan. But, you know, if you're, at, uh, if you're on episode was it 9 or 10, uh, and, you know, there's 13 episodes, yeah, this isn't going to, this is not going to end right now. There's still, there's going to be a turn. And, there, there it was. Like their plans were foiled. All of a sudden, like, wait a minute. They knew. They knew that we were going to do this. Like all, all their strategy was basically one step ahead of them. And you, and you, it comes to realization that there was a leak in the amongst them. Yeah, there was a mole and, of some sort. Yeah, and you know she tries to redeem herself at the end, but I mean, at that point, I was just like going, no, no, I didn't like. See, at least they did a good job of her. Uh, when she was, God dang, what is her name? She Admiral was, uh, you know, thank you, Admiral Sanda. When the whole time she's basically, you know, against uh, Pidge's, Pidge's father and his his strategies, they they just couldn't uh, see eye to eye, and you just felt like going, "Why are you holding back? What's what's your real deal here?" And then when you find out, like, going, "Aha! 
it is. A, and then she tried to make up for it at the end. I'm going, no, no, you need, you need to go away. Like you, you thought you were saving earth. Like you were stupid to think that Sendak was like going to make a deal with you. It's stupid. Yeah, can I comment on that? Thing. She's an admiral. You know, that is the highest, um, that is the highest, um, a position you could ranking have. Ranking officer. Right, highest ranking yeah. officer. Uh, meaning that you're versed in strategy. Um, you know, and you, you know, they've already by this time been um, given information on the Galera and what they want. I don't understand why she thought um, that handing over the lions would result in, in one, the Galera leaving Earth, and two, Sendak, everything, everything, built around that deal relied on Sendak being trustworthy and nothing, <laughs> nothing um, about him or anything they know would, would uh, uh, lead to anyone believing L- least of all an admiral, admiral, admiral who should know that. Um, so, and then it's funny because yeah, when she tries to kind of uh, she realizes her mistake and, and she has this kind of change of heart towards the end, um, I was kind of, I, I almost was kind of rooting for her death <laughs> the one time, you know, um, because I felt like she needed to die because of how she betrayed them. So, yeah. And she did. And so she did. there you go. And, you, and she did. And you know what? Rule number one, don't trust a guy with a goddamn eye patch. <laughs> Jesus. Come on. Unless you're Nick Fury. That's there you go. I'm sorry. There you go. Unless you're Nick Fury, and then it's it's fine. Other than that, I go no, 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 no. The guy had he also had one arm, right? Yeah, one arm. Oh, can we talk about it real quick? I'm sorry. What did you think about Shiro's new arm? I thought it was weird. That whole floating arm, yeah. uh, kind of deal. It, it it was it was really weird. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's we'll actually talk about that. So we're trying to. So Pidge's father he comes up with this new uh, new ship. This new uh, big bad uh, battleship that's gonna help help the cause and help the help the fight good fight. Yeah, and the new they castle come to of the lions, fight. right? Yeah, the new castle of lions because there you go back to season six. The little gem that Koran, uh, you know, plucked from the space is actually now gonna power the ship. And then you have Shiro's like uh, floating arm. It's not even attached to him as. I just, you're right. It, it didn't feel. It felt weird seeing just like was. I think it, it, it was cutting off at his forearm, right? So it was his forearm and hand and everything else between the forearm and the shoulder. It was like blank airspace, right? Yeah, I I, I don't know. Um, I, I I questioned the design of that, I, and then it just like I don't know if they were trying to do, um, you know, because that's that's what Sendex arm looked like, except it's. Um, it's you know a regular size where Sendak has this huge you know giant arm. Um, yeah, it's not like a, it's not it's not proportioned correctly. Yeah, and which is a cool design, but really, how the how does the man do anything with that arm? <laughs> I mean, you push a button or you know grab a steering wheel, it's just completely un- unproportioned. But I, I, I think wipe his ass. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't know. I I I don't. Hit, I, I don't love it. Let's just put it that way. I don't necessarily hate it, but I did kind of like. Ah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not completely behind that design. Yeah. Yeah. No. It was. It was totally weird. But then Shiro. Uh, once again, you have you have a moment when you you think everything is is fine. You think the Paladins came through. Voltron has you know come out victorious, 
and then you see this mech come out of nowhere and he just starts beating the shit out of Voltron like it's draining its energy every time it was like sinking it's like a was it like hooks into it it was draining it yeah and and this part I don't know why um which is like a two part episode right it's it's like the finale um, yeah the lion's ride yeah i it was it, it was very weird because all this time i'm thinking oh they didn't get rid of all of send this is still part of sendak's army or something that they missed but it, it was kind of confusing where this all of a sudden came from this um this giant mech um that was totally just beating you know voltron's ass um yeah, it kind of kicked. I mean, we we find that we find that at the end, what you know, where it comes from. But yeah, you we were just like left, like going, who else is left? You, like Sendak is done. Yeah, right? the plan is over. Is it Hagar? Is Hagar just straight up like coming out of nowhere again? I, you're just uh, leaving her with your hands like kind of up in the air. But it did it did leave for some a pretty cool moment when the new castle of lions or whatever you want to call it, whatever that ship was, uh, Atlas. Became, there you go. The Atlas. That thing turned into. That straight up was like it reminded me of Robotech. I don't know if you remember that oh, show. Yeah. But um, yeah, that the Atlas, you know, straight up transformed. That's when you have Shiro have this epiphany that I am one with the ship. Everyone, grab hold of something. I am now one with the ship. And then of course, maybe it's because he has that new wonky arm. Yeah. But he all of a sudden the. The damn thing becomes a transformer. It it becomes the spaceballs, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, computer. ship. It, it becomes that you know the big maid. Um, yeah. Then all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, that's pretty cool. And it kind of made me think like, uh, do you remember the not the the object, the original Voltron with the the, the lions in the eighties? But do you remember the other Voltron with the vehicles? No. No. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, there was there's that arc when there was like a like a Voltron with like various vehicles, and I that sort of took me back to it going, oh shit, they're gonna have like kind of two Voltrons, or like we'll put it in like uh, Power Rangers terms, like holy shit, you're gonna have the Dragon Zord and the regular Megazord come together, and they're gonna make this Ultra Zord type deal. So I thought like, holy shit, the Atlas is now going to encase itself around Voltron, and now Voltron will be like armored, steroid out, yeah, yeah. armored and like re- ready to go. Um, it didn't happen that way, but it was still it was still a pretty cool like scene where now there's like two like defenders of the universe, yeah, um, robots, mechs. Um, but yeah, that ends up being the 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 driving force and the the thing that tips the scales for the heroes to win. And which it was, is, I mean, it was okay. It was really cool, and but what I don't know. This is again, I'm, I'm I feel like. I'm nitpicking a lot, but it's just something I was thinking of. It is huge. It didn't, it's, it's much bigger than Voltron itself. That's what she said. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. We have to get one of those in there. That's oh, a quarter course, too. Of course. Um, I'm always in it for a, that's what she said joke. Um, but yeah, it, it, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. It was much bigger than Voltron, correct? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was, I think the scale was like probably two or three times uh, taller and it made it made the the antagonist mech. It made that one. It kind of dwarfed it and kind of like evened out the playing field. Even though it was, it was the other one was faster and everything. But this one was just like, uh, if I get my hands on you, one swing and you're done. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was it was really cool to see. Um, 
but I'd be interested to see how they're going to um, use that uh, in future episodes and and what's going to come yeah, out. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see that in season eight, and along with season eight, what we're going to see is obviously at the end of season seven, you find out that the mech was actually driven uh, was uh, piloted uh, by someone, and not just by you know a regular person or a regular alien. It was by an Altaian. Yeah. So the whole time, the whole series, you're thinking like, oh, the Altaians are, are victims. They are victims of the Galra. They're victims of like you know being refugees and and over. And all of a sudden, you know, big twist like. Oh, they're not so you know they're not they're not they don't have that victim mentality anymore. Like they were actually they 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 were uh, aggressors in this case. They came at Voltron. They came at Earth, and it kind of leaves Allura in a you know rock between a, a rock and a hard place. Going, that's your people. What that's your people right there. They try to kill us. Explain yourself. The whole time you were over there saying the Galra this and Galra that, and now it turns out like going look your people have dirt dirt themselves so i'm interested in seeing where they they'll go with that uh that storyline yeah me too i was got a little confused because i didn't know how to feel about that i wasn't sure um i i mean what do you think they're going with with the storyline do you do you feel like they're making it out to be well we've explored the idea that there are some galera that are good um let's explore the idea that some not all like uh Altans are good and some can be evil. Um, yeah. 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 Maybe. Um, I'm thinking maybe they could be part of uh, Lotor's group of uh, Altans that he was harvesting. Yeah. I got that sense too. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe they were, they were uh, brainwashed and they were taught like earthlings are the reason why, you know, I, I'm forced to do this to you. Like th- this is, this is their doing. If you're, if you're ever going to be mad, turn on them, not me. Uh, you know, I think maybe it was something like that, um, or you know, maybe they were they got that Patty Hearst syndrome where they sympathize with Lotor and they goes, "Yeah, you know what, Lotor, you you are right. I'm I'm with you." You know, uh, and you know they they follow that cause. It's it can go it can go uh, you know either way. Um, I don't know what how many I don't know even know how many episodes season eight is going to be. Do you know how many? Um, no, but I've been hearing. Th- um, uh... Uh, theories, or I'm not sure if they're theories, but um, I heard that um, at Comic Con that said that there was going to be that their uh, contract with Netflix, Netflix's Netflix's Voltron, um, committed to um, I think a total of like 78 episodes, um, which means with the end of season seven, we're pretty getting pretty close to that. So a lot of people are theorizing that um, season um, eight is going to be the final one. Oh, don't say that! Oh no, no, don't say that! That that can't be. I don't, I don't want that to happen. The, the, the long live Voltron. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, uh, hopefully, yeah. I think, I think it's, I think it's supposed to be though around the corner though. I, I believe it's cap, uh, released in October. Uh, when you guys will be listening to this uh, before uh, you watch seasons uh, eight, you should actually be listening to this right now. Um, on a scale of one to ten, how would you rank season seven? Um, the last half of season seven, I would give it. Sorry, did you say you rank of one to ten? Yeah, one, one to ten. Oh. The, the whole, the entirety, the entirety. So you have to make this balance out. So unfortunately, I think the first half will will bring down some points. But go yeah, on. Yeah, if I had to rank the whole thing, I would say a seven. But man, 
man, it's real hard because those that everything from six on on, I was, I, I, I'm pretty sure I binge watched it all in one day. Um, and I usually don't binge watch that many. I'll, I'll, I'll watch like a couple episodes, um, and then come back to it, uh, in the following day or so. But I think I watched it all in one sitting. So yeah, I would give it a seven only because that first half, um, kind of brought down the average. Yeah. Uh, I give it a 7.5. Uh, I, I thought, I thought it was good. Uh, but yeah, the, the early episodes were just, it brings the average down, unfortunately. Uh, but I'm looking forward to season eight. Like, uh, it's right around the corner. So we, we'll, we'll find out how that uh, pans out, where where the Paladins will be, where the Altaians are going to lie uh, on the, you know, on the spectrum of good and evil because of, you know, the events that unfold in front of us at the end of season seven. Uh, Nico, before we uh, wrap things up, I'd like to thank you for joining us today. Give us your insights. Uh, you know, letting us know that you are a stone cold killer of, of, of these Voltron uh, characters. Um, but thank you once again for joining us. Nico, if you would like to share, uh, where can people find you on any social medias or anything like that, if you want to share that? Oh, yeah. If not, then you get a hard pass. That would be fine. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm on uh, Instagram at Nico Suave. Uh, that's N-E-E-Q-O dot S-U-A-V-E. Um, I'm private, but if you let me know you're a friend of the podcast, I'll go ahead and add you. Um, but yeah, uh, Vince, it's always, uh, great doing this with you. Uh, love to be on again next time. And maybe we'll do this after, um, season eight wraps up. Of course. Of course. Uh, and as always, I'm your host, Vince. You can find me on Instagram, vmastaho09. And you can find us at the keeping it nerd Instagram, which is keeping it nerd. And please email us any comments, notes, or anything you want to hear in future episodes or your thoughts at keeping it nerd podcast at gmail.com uh please like i'm sorry like (laughs) wow it's getting a little late here please like subscribe comment and rate this uh this episode and like i said as always keep it real and keep it nerd bye everyone Check the podcast, nerds about the broadcast About to drop some knowledge on your brain with all these hot facts Game and anime and even comics got you covered Now just listen to this intro from this budget Donald Glover Yeah, we'll take your mind up on a trip like Rick and Morty Like we jumping through these portals, trust me none of this is boring In the cover all these topics start an A until the letters E Attack on Titan all the way to Zorro, that's more than one piece Keeping nerd or nothing, yeah you know that is our motto And if you listen to us, that's the motto that you follow Got the host with the most, he got moves like he's Star-Lord All these haters like it's Star Wars Far more content than you could even ask for Put it on your phone and then just stick it to your dashboard Tune in anytime and they will probably have your fandom But now just kick back so you can listen to the anthem Keep it nerd, keep it nerd, what's the hot facts? You don't need your eyes, just put down your contacts Growing up cause you know we got a bombcast Hit and then just listen to the geeky is the podcast Keep it nerd, keep it nerd, what's the hot facts? You don't need your eyes, just put down your contacts Growing up cause you know we got a bombcast